By the end of this podcast, you'll learn whether United's win against Villa was actually good enough to push them into the top four race, and why Guardiola has been overcomplicating the Man City formula. Welcome to the Knobcast, a podcast giving City and United fans their weekly fix of football analysis and debate with a focus on banter rather than bias. In today's instalment, Man United's last-minute winner, McTominay to the rescue as they defeat a tricky Aston Villa side at Villa Park. But was the performance good enough? There's been a big confliction online in respect of Man United fan opinion. Should they be happy with the result or not? We'll also be discussing Man City's, in the end, comfortable win against Everton. What were the system changes there? Why did those changes happen? Is Pep overthinking it? Should he just go back to basics? We'll also be answering our viewer questions submitted via our Patreon. But to answer those questions and more, I'm joined as always by my co-host, my United fan, wearing a very fresh Man United top. It's the white one with the retro United badge. It's Gasky. Hello, hello. How are you doing, mate? I'm not bad, not bad. Yeah, got the new got the new uh, top on. Mm-hmm. Thought I'd mix it up a bit. You know, I think it's been a while since I wore um, United top at these podcasts. <laughs> to be fair, so both of our teams actually won again. Two weeks in a row. That's mad. I don't think. I, I genuinely don't think we've had a podcast that's been two weeks in a row. I don't, with I don't both think teams so. If we have, it's oh, been especially ages. This season, especially this season. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe, can we make it three on the bounce? I don't know. We'll discuss that, whether United can get another win. And speaking of wins and United, let's start with United, shall we? Because they did actually, mm. you know, this was a, on paper, a tricky game away at Aston Villa. Lest we forget, this is a ground where Man City lost and where Arsenal lost. Um, and and United won, Gasky. Um, th- there has been, as I say, contrasting thoughts and opinions on the game by United fans. There's one camp who are happy with the win because they don't really care about the performance because they got a win against a good side. And then there's, then there's the other camp who are like a little bit still dissatisfied, disillusioned with how United played. Maybe they felt that they uh, maybe didn't deserve the win. What are your thoughts on it, Gasky? And what are your thoughts on the game um, overall? My, I'm conflicting in both. Um, I think I'm uh, like a pendulum and going back and forth because... Again, in two weeks in a row now, they've probably... And to be fair, a lot of the games under Ten Hag, they do start very well. Like the first 15, 20 minutes, they're really, really good. And, you know, they're getting the goals now when they are playing well, which is great. But it doesn't seem feasible for them to even be able to play football for longer than 60 minutes at a high level. And that's that's the concerning part for me. And I think the big, the big issue I think we saw in the first half especially was First 15 minutes, I think United just completely battered them. They couldn't get a sniff filler. Uh, took the lead. Brilliant. But there seems to be... I feel like when Martinez is in that defence, it is so slow and leggy that you start to see a massive hole appear between midfield and defence. And Villa exploited that. And you saw how much the ball, I think it was Jacob Ramsey was getting, in this gap to go and create chances, especially in the first half. And it was for me, it was just lack that that centre-back presence to step up, win the ball, or even step up and be that extra passing option in midfield, which is what Martinez tends to do, especially against uh, West Ham, which were much better with him there. And especially when it, when it came to the second half, when Shaw had to go off injured and Lindelof had to play at fullback, that just, just completely ruined that left-hand side. And Villa attacked that side, and that's where they got their goal from. And that's where they got most of their chances from. And this is... 
this is the major issue I think is this like the defence I thought, I thought defend, defensively they played well United but it was just it was so slow even building up the amount of times he just passed it between the back four for so long and that's because as, of Martinez not being there I feel it's a much him because he just no one has this ability to pass the ball especially and when Shaw went off he just got even worse like Lindelof isn't going to try and make the passes that Shaw makes he's going to try and pass it back and he just ends up going between the defence I think there was there was one that they did well where they were passing it around it must have been for about five minutes across the back four in Casemiro they sped it up a little bit and made one your quick passes and I think Ganacho was away down the wing and it's they just need to do that more often and that's where I think teams are going to start exploiting them especially these high press teams you're going to have to play it quicker hmm. now do you think therefore so so from the point of view of a United fan who wasn't happy with the performance you, you seem to be pretty content with it is that fair to say uh, it's I wouldn't I'm not I'm not like completely dissatisfied like some people be like sure. you, need, you do need to be better we know this because it, we said it we said it with Arsenal last year it isn't feasible to just talk scrape games eventually mm. you'll get fought out and you'll lose and you'll lose which Arsenal did yeah. and this is what United will happen at United if they keep not you know being able to perform at the highest level consistently but it was a tough game we were fortunate that Villa just weren't had the shooting boots on that day. But at the end of the day, they, like you said, they, they beat this top team and they need to start closing this gap. Mm-hmm. And if you come in playing these big big teams, or the you know, teams above you, away from home, and you can get results against them, great. But it's when, for example, they're playing Luton this weekend away, which we know has been tough for a lot of teams going Indeed. to Luton. But if they can go and get a really, really good result there, and against them teams that they should beat, because I don't think they're playing anyone in the top half now for the next six weeks, United League games. Yeah. So these six games, we should see that what we want to see is the goal difference go up. Because if their goal difference gets to plus 10 after these games, you know, scoring for fun, Hoyland still scoring, then the confidence goes into these bigger games and potentially play better. We know United haven't been great for weeks, even though they've got some results in the last few. But... Against these bigger teams, it's it's right at this moment. It's very difficult for me to pick too much into it because, yeah, you know, away away against Villa, which they don't win away from home in the top against top half sides. So mm-hmm. to get one, I'll take it. Yeah, and I'm not if if it, for example, if it if it was happening every single match, like they'll go and play Luton next week and they were garbage and they won four three. That's when I'd be like, no, I said you need these are the teams that you need to beat so players can be rested. Like people who complain about certain players not coming off the bench, there is no point in bringing players off that clearly are not at the level for the rest of the start of the starting lineup when you are not comfortably winning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when I think it was like the Arsenal game against West Ham when they were four nil up. He took off pretty much the front three because you can, you can afford to do that. But United can't afford to give Hoyland a rest if they're playing Luton and the one nil up. They need to be four nil up and then you can rest your players. That's that's what I want to see more often rather than being worried about scraping a result against Villa away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that at some point, to those people, to those critics, I think at some point you just have to go right, sh- ignore the performance for a second. The result is actually what matters in, in this instance because mm. the context of, I know Villa are going through a bit of a bad patch now, but still, it's a, it is a tricky place to go and it's a place where they beat City and Arsenal. I think at, at that point, you've just got to take it and go, well, boys, we've we got the three points. Let's just be happy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and to be fair, I think I'll. I'm. I've been. I can be critical with Ten Hag, and I think a lot of people have been a bit like hit or miss with him, especially United fans. But he complete. I think he completely bamboozled the commentators, especially because they said as soon as 
when when Tommy was coming on, they were like, "Oh yeah, I think they both. I think both teams are just happy with draws. You know, United are just going to put me feeling." When I think really, he's brought him on as the second striker. Hundred yeah, percent. Well, the going the going route one. Yeah, and just put the ball in the box. That's the best yeah. option, and it definitely, works, which is. I, I've said for months that's what Tommy is what Tommy is good at. Bring him on the bench and put him as that. I think what do you call it? A second striker role. Yeah, perfect. Is Eric Ten Hag the first manager to use Scott McTominay properly? I think in that, he, I in think that he's the first one to realise what he's good at. That's what I mean. Which, yeah, which is common sense when you look at Scotland. What he does for Scotland because he plays there. He plays at that. He's do you know he's exactly the same type of player as Fellaini, and Fellaini got used wrong at United. Mm. Tried to use him as a defensive midfielder. No, he's a second striker who sits behind the behind the striker as that option to just to f- just to throw the ball in an extra option in the yeah, box. Because for the longest time, he was being used as like a defensive midfielder, like out, well, out he, and he out. Was in that McFred, and because but I think a part of me can kind of understand it based on they didn't have one, they didn't mm. have a defensive midfielder, and they had to suffer. But then it feels like every manager decided then let's keep using him there. That's where he plays, but it isn't. Yeah. Do you know, I, I and I'll still stick, even though he's like United's top scorer in the league or whatever, I will always stick with he's still not good enough to play for United's eleven. Sure. But to have him as that option Plan B. when you need to score a goal or you need resu- you need goals as just another body in the box, he's one of the best to get. Mm-hmm. Really. And I'll happily have him there as that option. Yeah, definitely. He's he's a great player to bring on. As you say, like if the the, the, the commentator's saying or, you know, to, to shore up the midfield, they're bringing on Scott McTominay. So where have you been for the past six months? Like, McTominay's the reason Ten Hag's still got a job. You wouldn't bring Scott McTominay on to shore up the midfield. He's just as bad as the rest. Yeah. He, he doesn't shore up the midfield bringing him on. Yeah, but obviously he's not going to do that because that, that's not his position. I think probably the reason why he was used in defence midfield so much is probably because he's quite tall and strong. Be, be, be. He's big and beefy. Yeah, yeah, and puts a yeah. foot in so people go, oh, he's a defensive midfielder. And it's like, well, not, not really. Not really in the same way as you say that Fellaini wasn't yeah. an out-and-out DM either. He's quite, he's quite a, because he's quite, he's quite, you know, similar build to how like Pogba was, where it's lanky and like lethargic type person where he'd kind of glide past people. Mm. And when you're on counter-attacks or when you nick the ball back, he's a perfect player to have running into space. Yeah. And he can put the ball in the net. So he's the perfect type of, that type of profile player. But he ain't, He's not, and I think Ten Hag said afterwards the reason he brought him on was so Bruno could drop into eight, which was I think it worked perfect. I think that's exactly what they needed to do. Bruno to get dropped back a bit because he'll be he's much. I think Bruno is probably safer on the ball than Minu to have next to Casemiro, especially when you're winning the ball back and they're attacking you, and then he'll be the perfect player to get the ball to the attack, and it worked. It worked a treat. Talk to me about Marcus Rashford last week. Oh, uh, oh that's a noise. <laughs> I was just going to say, last week we were talking about how he needs to sort his creative game out, basically. He's, he's been underperforming. He needs to recognise that Hoyland is actually there and an option to play to. I don't think you were necessarily happy with his game last week. Can't remember who you played. Who did you play last week? West Ham. West Ham. You weren't, you weren't happy with his performance against West Ham. Uh, an improvement, in your opinion, against Aston no. Villa? Uh, immediately, no. no. Not at all. It, when it's, it was an identical situation where I feel like you watch, especially on that right-hand side, Delo and Ganaucho are building this kind of connection together. Like, I think Delo's been United's best player this season. Um, yeah. Ganaucho's been brilliant this season. And then Manu there as well. They're building this kind of connection between them and with Hoyland and the attack. And I just feel like he's just... I don't, I don't know if it's like an ego thing with Rashford or it's just he wants to score goals desperately. That his decision-making is just so poor 
that he just like pass the ball, keep the ball moving, not charge into the box and try and score a worldie. You know, mm. keep the ball moving about. And he just seems to be like everyone else is getting on the same wavelength and he's just stuck in, you know, I'm I'm me, I'm going to be he's doing... Stuck I'm gonna season, he's stuck in last season, Matt Rashford. He's stuck in last season. In his head, he's still, I'm the best player at United. Look what I did last season when he really should be right. Let me, simple, let me simplify it. Let me pass it about. But he's, I just feel like he's just trying too hard. And I just, I'm, get, I'm losing patience with him, to be fair. I just don't see the point in seeing the rest of these younger players connect, connecting, feeling this connection together, playing well together, and then him just not be, having that same vibe. Like, Ganacho and Dello covering each other's backs on that wing, and Rashford will make one little run back and then just go, that's me done now. I've done mm. my tracking back. And it's just like, what, how would Shaw feel about that, really? Like, I've now got to do this myself. And then when yeah. the other side's connecting really well, I just feel like it's, I'd rather see anyone else there well, who's going to help the team more. That, that was going to be my next question because I feel like throughout this season, the main like backup left winger has been Ganacho. However, he seems to be trusted more so on the right nowadays. So if, if we're saying that Ganacho's new position is on the right, who even is the, who is it in the, you know, the training ground who is pushing Rashford for that? Start starting well, spot. Well, that's the issue, isn't it? Who's because I don't think there's any other left wingers really who were you know available. So really, oh, you can I, I, honestly. I think the only the last option is because obviously Anthony's had his chances. He's not proved mm. it. The only other option is Ahmad. Give him a go. You know, yeah. try him. He's maybe a try very him un, right wing. unproven, untested player. For yeah, exactly. He's not. He's not had the chances. But for me, it's like you're going to keep putting Rashford in because we know what Rashford's capable of. I'm not. I'm not taking that away from him. He's he's capable of being a game changer. But mm. it's been so many weeks now where I feel like we're finally getting somewhere with this team. You know, this this young this, this young crop now that could be united for the next eight to ten years, playing playing together, and then he's just and he doesn't feel like he's involved in that. Mm. You know, on the pitch, just be, you know, compared to a, other players. So I just unless he gets more, you know, as part of the team, I just I don't I don't seem I just don't seem sticking around. I feel like may, maybe, because we've, we've had chats before about, you know, should, should United sell him, whatever. Maybe in the first instance, the thing to do would be to, as the best teams do, sign a player who can compete with him for that starting spot. So I, I don't know who that would be. Someone in the mold of, you know, like like a, a Nico Williams, for example, who, who, yeah. who can play on both sides. But let's say for argument's sake, you bring him, Ganacho's your starting right winger. So you bring uh, Williams in suddenly that might give Rashford a bit of a kick up the arse and go, wow, okay, they've brought in this player for big money, whatever. I now need to sort myself out. Um, do you think that's maybe the solution to try to unlock something from him? From him? Do you think it is more so an attitude problem rather than a talent and application problem? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both because we've, we've seen it with Rashford in the past. Like, he, I do feel like he has a lot of attitude problems in terms of, I think, I think he struggles when he's not the best. I think when he's not firing, I think he he struggles with, you know, oh, oh, his head drops. Oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not scoring. I'm gonna have to try even harder. I'm not passing it. I'm just gonna hit it into row Z. No, I'll try again next time. And like you said, the lack of competition and the way that Ganacho has been found to be better on the right has given Rashford more of that's now my wing, mm. with, and there's no backup for him. So he feels like, you know, he is going to play. So like you said, having that option there, because if you look at the right-hand side, you know, Sancho was already United. They signed Anthony, had a good start. Sancho didn't get a sniff. 
Sancho came back in, played a, played a bit well. He stayed in the team. As soon as he dropped out the team again, he threw his toys on the pram and he's been shipped off. So really, we should see the same on the left. Mm. I'd like to see the same on the left, you know, even if he does look at like, oh, he brings in, well, if you think about the Rubens United of Ad, at least say maybe from Palace, he gets signed. And, you know, and he gives him a go and they kind of have a go at each other. And at least he plays really well and Rashford then gets dropped out. If he starts throwing his tie at the prime, then it's like, right, we'll sell you then. Take the money. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, we discussed this last week. Uh, Omar Brady basically saying there's no one safe at United anymore and you've got to win your keep. Yeah. And I totally agree with that. And yet it, it might... It's, the, it's, what, it's what United needs. Mm. It's exactly like I was saying last week, didn't we? It's exactly what they need. Protect no one. Um, you know, fans grow attached to players. But for me, if it means that in five years time they are competing for titles and every player can get no one's even even Bruno, which a lot of people love, even if he's not safe, I'm happy to see that, and that's what's needed. So, yeah, definitely, it'll be really interesting yeah. to see what happens in the in the transfer window, the first one under uh, you, you know that uh, that that new minority ownership. So the question, the final question I've got then on the United one before we move on to City is. The, the question that we started uh, that we opened this podcast with was that win good enough to convince you, Gasky, that United are in genuine contention to finish? Let's not, you know, fourth because they're not going to. Let, let's be honest, they're not going to get ahead of uh, one of Arsenal, Liverpool, City. No, Can, I, think, I think the front, I think the front three is done. So uh, hmm. the front three, the top three is done. I think that's the only top yeah. three. So it's so can yeah. United get? fourth place they'd have to probably over you'd say Spurs are maybe favourites for that fourth spot can they be better than Spurs from now until the end of the season do you think based on the last couple of weeks I don't think these Spurs haven't done enough to tell me that United are miles behind them but also United haven't done enough to for me to have that confidence they can be caught but because with the upcoming fixtures, there's no reason why we can't be within touching distance of them. And that'll be the target within the next four weeks with the fixtures they've got. We should, I feel like we can be within two points. And if, if we can stay unbeaten in the next six weeks, then I'll be confident they can finish top four. Mm -hmm. And I guess also if everyone stays healthy as well and you get Martinez back. Well, to exactly. And Martinez comes back at the, the end of the season and then that'll be, that'll be good for them. Yeah. Exactly. Thankfully, I think he misses the City game. So if he can stay injured for that, mm, if, he, if he wants sadly. to get back to full fitness after that game, that's absolutely fine. But <laughs> not a moment sooner. But yeah, a really good win for United. Uh, Gasky, did you have any other thoughts on the game? Uh, any other players you wanted to pick out or any other thoughts on United um, generally? No, I, I felt, I felt um, no one really... I don't think anyone really played poor. I think a lot of it was Villa playing well. Villa, Villa did play, apart from obviously in the final third, where I think every shot pretty much went straight at Onana. And that was kind of helped him out a bit, but I felt I felt I felt I felt most people played well. But, mm -hmm. You know, I thought Delo again proved his last few weeks would be brilliant. And you know, a lot of people, you know, have been a lot of uh, chopping and changing with this right back position, but he's kind of making it into his own in a way. So it's good to see. And hopefully, like I said, hopefully they can all stay fit, and then we can push on in the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. The future may be looking bright for Man United. We'll have to uh, we'll, ha we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, remind me who you play next. Uh, Luton away. Oh yes, which is a genuinely tricky it's game. It's a tough game, tough game, tough place to go. To. Yeah, Arsenal needed a last minute winner. Uh, Chelsea just about hung on. City just a bit. City had to come back from one 0 uh, down. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be, we actually play them in the FA Cup uh, soon. 
So, uh, yeah, tr- tricky one. That, that, that'll be interesting if they can get a win and, and actually a convincing win as well, maybe like playing better yeah, as well. That, that, I think that's what they need. They need a proper convincing win. Yeah, which is a good and just good performance all round to match the results. Uh, absolutely, a United back in it potentially. I'm I'm going to say they'll finish fifth, and that's what that's where I predicted them uh, at the start of the season. To be fair, but but sadly, fifth might not be good enough because of United. It dep- it, yeah, it depends. <laughs> so it's isn't quite it? awkward, isn't it? Yeah, because so really, if United are going to finish fifth, we kind of need City to do well. Yeah, which is it's City to win the Champions fun. League. Yes, yeah, well, and Liverpool though, to win Europa. Mm. I don't know where yeah. the exact requirements are, but yeah, you need like the, the well, English teams to do well. Is, well, who else? Well, it's only going to be between Brighton, like, Villa. Oh, yeah, it's only going to be between. I mean, England and Spain, isn't it? Really? Mm. Is it the top two get five? Yes, I think. I think, isn't it? So it's only between. I think England, Spain, and then maybe what Germany get a sniff. But I don't know who's left. So yeah, I'm not sure how it all works say. out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there we go. Uh, potentially top five, uh, f- fifth place would be good enough for. Champions League, but you don't really want to take that risk. Getting fourth would be ideal. You want, you want fourth, don't you? Yeah, and you get more money as well, obviously. So that's nice as well. Um, Man City now, Gasky. Um, ultimately overcoming Everton two nil, but first sort of sixty minutes of that game were wasted for me. Um, Gasky, Gasky, Gasky. Why when? You're up against a team like Everton, specifically Sean Dyche's Everton. Do you think just Sean Dyche team? Mm, do <laughs> really? you think they're yeah. going to give you any space in the midfield? Well, they won't, will they? They're these these exactly. these teams like that, that low block, isn't it? They will give you no space in the midfield. They will press you in a very compact four four two. We knew this was going to happen before a ball was kicked. Would you suggest, Gasky, that? If you have limited space in the midfield, what the sort of player you want in the midfield is a player who is very good in the pockets, someone who doesn't need a lot of space to operate in the midfield. Would you concur? I know what route we're going down here. Mm. This needs to be a common scenario, doesn't mm. it, in these podcasts? Now, <laughs> if I want a pocket, a good pocket player who can, and I know there's not going to be a space in the midfield, do you think it makes sense to play a striker in the pockets, do you think it makes sense to play a midfielder in Nunes who is very good when given a lot of space, less good when given no space? Do you think that makes sense? It doesn't, does it? But then this is where I think I said to you before we started, is it down to resting players? Well, potentially. Well, you, you're saying that, but, you're saying that, but yeah. th- 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 there was a, there was a player on the pitch. It was, so he wasn't rested. He scored a hat trick, mind the last week from the midfield, from exploiting the pockets. Why? After this, that, that I, don't, I, don't, I don't blame. I don't blame that this gets to you because when you, a player has just scored a hat trick mm. and you've then picked him up and gone go over there mm. to to let some other ran, some random Portuguese Donny to come in <laughs> and play in your spot. <laughs> now this is um bit we will get onto the game just have a little bit of a rant here i know we won so i, sh- I shouldn't really care but <laughs> I, I the lineup annoyed me um you know how it's a dead argument but you know how some people will when it comes to phil foden they'll go ah well he's not been able to nail down a consistent space like you know does he play midfield does he play on the right does he play on the left so because he's not consistently been in one position that means he's bad now 
if if this was ever a reason to dispel that myth, the guy just dropped an unbelievable hat-trick performance against Brentford. Guardiola looked at that and went, nah, I'll play on the the wing next game. There is no correlation with his performances and where he plays, it seems. So that's just, do you you get what I mean by that? It's just like when people say, oh, we... I'll never understand where managers have players in really good form and they moved them because yeah. there was there was that was, can't remember it was under but it might be last season with Bruno at United he, he's best at 10 he's best mm. in that midfield and he get getting dumped on the right wing oh, to, yeah, that was so to bizarre. allow other people coming in and you think to yourself why are you why are you basically giving them less or less time on the ball your best players you mm. know and then it's even worse when the player has just scored a hat-trick You've he's been the best player at City by far this season mm. in midfield, and you've just moved him to let to let someone who's played a handful of games this season to go and play in that position, who drops a stinker. Let's mm. be fair, yeah. And it took bringing Foden back into midfield, bringing De Bruyne on to break it down, which makes sense. Like I knew as soon as De Bruyne would come on, we're going to win because he'll just find that pass, which he always does. But yeah. like I said, I just don't, I don't get why you would even move that player. Especially, I wouldn't have minded if, let's say, like the, you know, the Burnley game a few weeks ago. That was a game where they were going to give you space because Company is a forward-thinking, you know, progressive manager. Whatever yeah. he wants to attack. So, which is to his own detriment, they're going to get relegated. But you knew the space was going to be there. It made sense to start Nunes in that game. And he was one of the best players on the pitch. Why? Because he had space to run into. He is a player who thrives in space. He's not like an Oscar Bob or a Bernardo or a Phil Foden or, you know, previously a David Silva, where they don't need any space to thrive. And they are very good in those areas. Like a low-sensor gravity type player. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And they can very easily have the ball fizzed into them on the half turn, bam, they're away. And they can operate in in those tiny bits of space that Everton will give you. So... Yeah, I, I, that confused me again. Probably being too picky, but I, I, as I say, around at least sixty minutes of that game was just wasted in, from an offensive standpoint. Zero, zero shots on target, Gasky. Yeah, I think so. Was it? I'm pretty sure I remember. It was, what was it seventy two percent possession with zero shots on target? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was in like the thirty eighth minute or something. Yeah, we, we had, our first shot on target was the goal, which came in like yeah, what it, the eightieth was it around? It was or, 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 or sixty something. Yeah, I, mean, like I, I can't, so I can't yeah. remember what it was, but yeah. but yeah. So I mean, like, and it and that, and that also that kind of chance bubbled to Haaland. It wasn't like it was created. He just kind of dropped to him, didn't it, for him to smash it in? Yeah, well, it came from a corner. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it wasn't like it was created. It was literally just it came from a scrap, really. But yeah, I don't know. It was. It's just it is a weird one, but. It makes you know you see what what um, Pep likes to do because obviously Grealish plays on the left quite a lot. A lot of people would argue Grealish is good in the middle as well, but it's like he's trying to do the same with Foden on the right. What he does with Grealish on the left, but I feel like Foden's too he's too good to play in the wing. Like, mm. No offense to wingers, but it's harder to play in that midfield and like you say in the pocket than on the wing. And he's just, he's a waste, he's a waste of talent putting him out there. Yeah, totally agree. Um, other weird stuff. Game started. Both Stones and Akanji moved into midfield. First time I've ever seen two fullbacks. <laughs> wait, wait. So wait, so it was 
So was it Ake and was it like a two-two? It was a it was a two-two-three. It's a two-three build-up. Yeah, um, I've never seen that well, before. Guess, well, I guess if you know you're coming against a low block and you're confident with your Diaz and Ake, you can kind of push him in. And I guess it's that it was just weird. Like I've just never seen it before. It was really yeah. odd. But then, but then, but then having like you say a Nunes in front of you who relies on space mm. doesn't make sense because. You know, you're gonna you got to find this little pocket, and a player isn't. You're just gonna pass it back. Yeah, it, so, it, or, or give it away in Nunes's yeah. case in the in that first half. A lot, very unusual. Lot. Then, then there was an Edison injury, and we changed it to the to a three-two shape. And Stones played a right back slash right centre back, and Akanji played the John Stones role. And it was just really weird because Akanji played the John Stones role and John Stones didn't play the John Stones role. I just didn't know what was going on. I wonder whether, is there an element of Pep thinking, I can't rely on Stones because of his injury issues. So even though I've got Stones available, I'm going to keep trialing Akanji in this position to see if he can get better at it. Is that why? Or is is Pep just like fucking with me? I think it's probably probably the right thing to do because if you're playing a certain style, you want to keep that style no matter what. Sure. I think that's the issue you see with a lot of teams when one player's out injured and the whole system just crumbles. Like, you just look at, like, like I'll bring it back to United again, but, like, as soon as Martinez and Casemiro went back in that team, they look like a completely different team. Mm. And it's amazing the difference you can, can change. So, especially if, you know, if you, like, you saw, I'm sorry, with this season with City, as soon as Rodri was out, it was like, I don't even know what it feel like it was on the City we're watching. Mm. So... So it's, it's good. it'll be good to have everyone playing the same way, I guess. Yeah, de- definitely. I, in the end, it didn't really matter. Uh, City still won it. It's fine. Um, but the substitutions is what changed the game. De Bruyne came on. Kyle Walker came on. And that meant that uh, Kyle Walker could arrive into those uh, positions on like the right Walker, wing. Fair, when he came on. Yeah, yeah and, and he has Very been well. good ever since we've gone to this new sort of shape. He's actually been quite good because he's... He's not good at building up play, so Guardiola finally has realised this. So he's cr- he's constructed a, f- a system whereby he doesn't have to get involved in the build up. All that happens is he gets involved in the last cross, and he's decent at doing low crosses when that's all he's got to do. Um, yeah. And that, and that, that led to the corner. Yeah, which, he was pulling that pulling that centre back out of the way to create the space in the box as well. Yeah, and then then late runs into the box the back post. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and his cross created that corner. That corner led to the hall and goal. Um, so not a great performance, but the good thing, and this is maybe what uh, some, maybe like the last thing I want to touch on with City, just in the context of the title race, maybe um, this is why. I think even though Liverpool haven't been playing that well this season, they've still been getting results because they have game breakers like Salah and Trent for City. You know, it's Hall and it's 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 Kevin De Bruyne, and, and that's but that's what you need, isn't it? And this is this is what we were saying a lot last season with, the, which was the main difference between City and Arsenal in the title race was being able to have just create something out of nothing or have knowing full well you've got De Bruyne who can just ping a pass to Haaland and Haaland can score out of nothing. Like, his second goal, he was just it was just a pass onto an on-running Haaland, he bodied the centre-back and put it in the net. And that was really, if you think about it, that, it'd be interesting to see, like, obviously, like, you're the expected goals master, and it'd be interesting to see what would the I'm expected goals would have been. You can't be a nerd. Yes. You're fine. Um, <laughs> 
I don't, I don't hit nerds. Um, <laughs> no, so, you know, when he picked the ball up, when he ran into the box, it'd be interesting to know, like, what what were the chances of him scoring in that position? And mm. then he create and he got a goal by moving this six foot four centre back mm. out of the way. So, and that's what we said, didn't we, about Arsenal? You know, they didn't have a striker or someone to create something from nothing. So, yeah, that's the game changer. That, that I mean, X-factor. even Leicester had it, didn't they? And Leicester had it as well with Mares and Vardy. Just Mares passed it to Vardy if they needed a goal quickly. That yeah. thing. So, yeah. no, 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 true. In my opinion, world class players yet, anyway, at, at Arsenal. Whereas at Liverpool and City, uh, there are. Um, yeah. I've, which I think I think world class is like your game changers. Those yeah, are your world because people throw players. world class around miles too much nowadays. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, you yeah. think everyone was world class, but they're not. Like, like let's be fair. Like Liverpool probably have three in Alisson, Van Dijk, and Salah. Really, like actual world yes, class. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 I think that's good. Maybe, maybe that's a conversation for a whole podcast. Maybe how yeah, we define yeah. world class and stuff. Because uh, I think I would say those are Liverpool's three world class players as well. I think that's about right. Uh, yeah, and uh, speaking, yeah, we're speaking of world class. Holland's finishing. Uh, he, this guy had two months off, and still top, and, and we're still top goal yeah. scorer. And, so and now he's, the person to catch him was also injured and away. We won't talk so. about that. <laughs> we do not use facts here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, the rest of the league ha- ha- no, had yeah. two months well, to I catch mean, up to him, and exactly. Yeah, like, they didn't. I mean, I mean, Holland's on his way. <laughs> Gen- objective. <laughs> He's, he's, do you know what? Like, I, I think about, I think about that the goal he scored against Villa mm. earlier in the season. That would have he would have saved that because just the confidence. Yeah, and sure, it's a, it shows what confidence does. So all yeah. you need to do when, is get when a you're scoring, there. you're scoring. Exactly. Yeah, and it goes. Everything goes your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and De Bruyne is now back. De Bruyne now has uh, four assists in four Premier League games. He, he's, he's not far off the top now, is he? I think he's only six off equal in Ollie Watkins is at the top on 10. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah he's on 10, yeah. It, does he finish Which as is... the league's top assister this season? De Bruyne? There's no reason why not. He's already got four in four. He's got four in four and mm. we've got another 15 games to go. Yeah. Oh, like Ollie Watkins won't continue to get the numbers because he's a striker. So he doesn't, he's not always going to be there as that option. Mm. So, and the Holland's fit now get as well. around there? Like, he's like on like seven or something. I think, I think, I think Maybe. that's right. Yeah. 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 Something like that. So, I mean, there's no reason why not. If he does, he's again, that proves he's probably the best midfielder to grace the Premier League. Yeah. Take that, take, that it, prob- take that probability out of that sentence and, and I'll agree with you. Probability. You said he's probably take the word probably, probably. out. Oh, take my probably he out. Just yeah, is. Okay. He, he is. Just he is. is the best. He is. He is. There we he go. Is. I don't care, you know, people can come at me saying you're a shit United fan. I just speak the truth. Yeah, he only speaks I facts, speak the guys. Truth. But, you that. know, as much as, it, as much as it does hurt that he's a City player, but you've just got to be fair. Yeah, isn't it? There yeah. we go. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, and it's a... Who's a City even playing? Oh, we, we play Chelsea, actually, at home. Oh, Chelsea on Saturday night, isn't it? Next, yeah. Um, it was a really weird game. 4 all last time. Uh, so let's hope oh, they're, it's... They're, 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 oh, they're so weird this season, Chelsea. Just odd. Yeah, they are. Watch them be good for once. Like I was, I was, I was, uh, I was watching them before, and they just like they didn't look good, but they somehow win. So yeah, United, United, like United, yes, so, exactly. Like United, to be fair, but yeah, it's just maybe it's weird watching another team do it as well. But there you go. Gasky, did you have anything to add about uh, Man City, or is that all good? No, I think we're all good. You know, our teams win again. Yes, I think it's the, like I said, I think it's the first time this year we've seen back to back podcasts of. Two happy fellows. Indeed. Uh, let's go, let's move on to Knobgast then. 
shall we? I've uh, just uh, got a couple of questions picked out for today. Kex with a very weird one. He's got, I think he's got a bit of an, obs- a bit of an obsession with this player because a football manager. Uh, thoughts on Ryan Bertrand? Where is he now? Wow. Does he still play for Southampton? I don't know. I have no Shall I have a quick Google? Uh, sure. Where is Ryan Bertrand? Uh, oh, he's not got a club. Oh, that's a shame. Who last... He played for Leicester. He played four games for Leicester. I can't remember that. That's exactly. all. I in, just remember in, him as a Southampton oh, wait, player. 2021 to 2023, he played for Leicester and played four games. That's sad. I can't remember that at all. My lord. Uh, what is your biggest Ryan Bertrand memory? Mine is when uh, he started... Mine's, mine's... Sorry. Um, you, you go first. No, you no. Go first. No, no. After you. My, mine, was, mine was when he dropped the ball and he tapped his watch. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I'm, I'm time-wasting. <laughs> I'd say mine was uh, when he started in the Champions League final in 2012. And I was like... Oh, yeah. Who is he, he? Isn't he the answer to that? Isn't he the answer to that really weird sports question? He's like the only player to like... Was he like win a trophy with like one appearance in the Champions League or something weird like that? He's oh, got maybe. a weird stat, which is a good pub pub answer. Yeah. Can't remember what the question was. It was so bizarre but, yeah. because obviously Bayern... That was his debut, wasn't it, as well? Was it? I think it was his... No, I'm sure it was his debut. Oh, that is mad. You check. I'm sure it was Andre, Roberto's uh, debut. Uh, 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 Roberto Di Matteo was an absolute nutter. An absolute madman. Um, yeah, yeah. He made his debut for Chelsea in the Champions League final against Bayern Munich. That's insane. That was his first ever Chelsea game. That was his debut. That's yeah. class. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, because I just remember yeah. looking at that going, rightly going, uh, who? Um, oh, why? Yeah. What? But it actually turned out to be all right because um, Bayern had that disgusting right-hander side of Lam and Robin. So... Chelsea were like, right, we're going to play two left-backs. <laughs> Good luck, mate. <laughs> and fair play, it sort of worked. It, wor- it worked. Yeah, so they won the- it, so it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Will, with a more um, uh, detailed question, uh, we'll just chat about Chelsea and how weird they are. Uh, Will asks, if you were Chelsea, would you bite the bullet this season with Poch and hope it turns around, or hire a short-term manager like Mourinho until the summer to turn around their season? Then they can hire another manager in the summer who would be on the, quote, project. It just seems like Poch's football isn't suited to Chelsea. Chelsea squad, the most expensive players, Enzo and Caicedo, are being misused. Um, definitely. I, I, know, I know Will just says... It sounds uh, like United. Ah, you've, go on. You've, the, clubs, the clubs buying players are not the... Um, well, the clubs buying who they think they want in the club and then just picking a big name manager. It doesn't work like that. God, mm. The players have to suit the manager's way of playing. And Poch, Poch is known for high pressing, you know, press constant. You're not getting that from Caicedo. You're not getting that from Enzo, really. And especially a lot of them other players. It's why, it's why Gallagher looks like one of the best players in that Chelsea team. Is because he does play that kind of pressing. Mm. Um, for what Chelsea to do, I don't think there's any point right now in sacking him. No, really. because like Will says, turn around their season, but turn it around to what? Like you that yeah, like you're not gonna they're not gonna achieve anything really. Well they'd like nine points behind. I say that they might get to two cup finals. Yeah, they might win two trophies. Yeah. Like Pop already guided into the League Cup final. If they won two trophies, is that not a good is that not a good start to give him another go, another season? Yeah. Like potentially. In terms of the league, there's nothing to turn around. Like they're bad and they ain't gonna get you know Champions League football or whatever. But they could they could finish the season with a League Cup and an FA Cup. Yeah, potentially, definitely. Potentially. I just and 
that you can look at that as a pretty decent season. Obviously, in the league, it's been atrocious, but next season, it's a fresh start potentially with two trophies. Mm. So I will say, Poch yeah. needs to switch up because he's been really weird this season. Like, like, like Will mentioned, Enzo in particular. I don't know why he keeps playing him as an uh, as an advanced midfielder when he's clearly not that guy. That's no. weird. Um, it was like it was like um yeah it's like he seems because he seems to like Caicedo, Enzo, and Gallagher. And for me, there isn't any creativity there at all. Like to no. kind of create something from nothing. No, yeah, because Enzo Enzo prefers to create from deep, but Poch is using Enzo, him Enzo, advanced. Yeah, it's like Casido's a six, Enzo's an eight. Gallagher's, Gallagher's a, a ten. Labrador, an eight, <laughs> a sub. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so it's like they haven't got that player to go and create at ten. So unless you put dump someone there, maybe put dump on Kunku there because he's you know probably the best. Best, most talent they've got. I mean, and I then, guess at that point, you might as well just Palmer should probably be the out and out oh yeah, 10, oh yeah, really. Oh, sorry, yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, put Palmer there. Someone to create something. Yeah. Even though I don't that's think what, that's, that's his, what a big even, thing. Even though I don't think that's his best position, I still think the right's his best position. But for now, you might as well do that, I guess. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, I think, I know this, Will's not really asked this question. I just think the Chelsea squad is a very poorly constructed team. I don't think there's it, enough this cohesion was, yeah, there. Like, this was always going to happen when you buy this many players. Because you, you've not, they've not bought players to play together. They bought players for the sake of buying them. Is what it feels like. Genuinely, yeah, yeah. Like there's that. You know, it's like it's like they bought so many defenders. It's like, but who's your starting defenders? Mm. Who's your starting play? You know, they bought that many players. Hundred million pound. Mudrick starts on the bench. Mm. You know, and on like eight year deals as well on an eight year deal so he's literally stuck there because no one's buying him out of that contract not a chance yeah so exactly or it's... or if the players do want to leave the club can be like mate you got another you got to wait until 2030 you signed yeah. you signed the contract mate deal with it exactly exactly is it this is just some weird weird, weird I don't know I don't know what to call it it's just weird, weird it's just weird like as soon as it was down to eight year contracts I kind of knew if if he doesn't click you're stuck with these players yeah yeah, or you can be in a situation like, you know, uh, that Wesley, uh, uh, is called, no, he's not called Wesley. Uh, I don't know what his first name is. Fafana, that centre-half. Yeah, Wesley Fafana. Oh, is it Wesley? Um, yeah. Not his fault, but they give him an eight-year contract. He's constantly injured. And he's, yeah. yeah, he like broke his leg at Leicester, they, and he got like an ACL issue or, or a knee issue, whatever. Yeah. So you, you'll need one or two of those bad deals to happen, and then you're in a but situation where... But you're in a position where, now where you're paying Leicester £75 million, and you're going to potentially be in this position where you're going to have to buy him out of his contract, which is going to be however many million mm. to yeah. get him out of the contract. So, and you've got to do that with a handful of players, especially if like another manager comes in who is straight to the, you know, like, I don't like him. I don't want to play him. And he's one of these eight year deal players, mm. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's just, I don't know. it's weird. It's just weird. I, I don't actually, I, and I don't know what the solution is. Um, I, I don't it's, think. It's, yeah, it's, I think, a miracle for a manager to fully succeed with that squad, personally. Yeah, just, I, I guess just time. just all over the place. Time is what you need. It, it is a time thing, because there is, there is some good players there. Like, I think that like, Gusto's quite good at right back. And there's a lot, there's a um, lot of potential in that team. Oh yeah, like, like, yeah, like Gusto and Palmer on the right, I think that's pretty decent, you know, that's got a good future to it. And there's, obviously, Enzo and Caicedo are getting better looks together. Good. And Kunku looks very, very good player. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a long time coming, and it's not about doing what United do, just sack and change managers, which is what Chelsea have been known for anyway. Mm. You just got to stick with it, I think. 
Yeah, I know that Will said bring a short-term manager like Mourinho. So I know he's, I know he's not suggesting to get Mourinho in, but just on Mourinho, um, I would love it if he went to Chelsea because it would be the biggest failure you've ever seen. You know, worse than like what Potter and Poch have done at Chelsea because Mourinho has been finished as a top manager for nearly a decade. Notoriously, yeah. he always talks about how he loves working with men like Drogba and Lampard and Terry. It, it give him the keys to a, 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 a squad full of children, especially in the modern football age where, you know, modern footballers, whether you think it's a good thing or not, yeah. they need the, the, hat, the arm around the shoulder. They need to be nurtured. No, they don't, don't want to be shouted at. Marie. Yeah, you don't need Marino telling them that they're all fat and then they'll then they'll go and do a Sancho and go and complain on social media and then they'll all, you know, sent, be sent away and it's... And they'll go on strike. Healthy. Yeah. Because it's, it's obvious that a lot of Chelsea fans will be thinking, we want to see those lift trophies. That's all they care about is winning. I want my club to win trophies. But you know, there's no manager that can do that for you when you've got a squad of, like you say, children who, need, like you said, need to be nurtured. And I think Poch is probably one of the best ones to have there to do that nurturing. Mm. Yeah, he's doing it before. There isn't many better. So, he's like, yeah. I mean, it, does, it does go back to a couple of years ago. Why did they get rid of Tuchel? I'll never know. But No, that, that, that was odd. Weird one still, but there you go. That was very odd. But yeah, please bring in Mourinho, Chelsea, because that guy's been finished for nine years at that level. That'd be so funny. Um, another another bottom half finish and sack him. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that goes after that goes think? Exactly. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, so uh, really good questions, guys. Thank you for those. Um, actually, I'm actually able to have a, a decent conversation about Ryan Bertrand, who I didn't think I was going to be doing that today. Um, who, who you now know. That was the pub question, wasn't it? Who made his debut in the Champions League final? Yeah, Ryan Bertrand. Absolutely mad. Uh, absolutely mad. Uh, Gasky, that's been the Knobcast. Uh, you enjoyed yourself. Of course I have. United win. I get to spend some time with the main man, <laughs> myself. <laughs> Very good. Oh, Jolly oh. good. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We really hope you have enjoyed it. If you have, you need to make sure to follow the podcast so you all stay updated uh, and for whenever we post. Uh, but until next time, uh, I have been Nobbins. And I have been Gasky. And we'll catch you guys next time. Goodbye, guys. <laughs>